from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. O Lord, you have enticed me, and I was enticed. You have overpowered me, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I must cry out. I must shout violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and derision all day long. If I say, I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, then within me there is something like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. The word of the Lord.
a reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The word of the Lord. be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are thinking not as God does, but as humans do. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone wants to become my follower, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit anyone to gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will anyone give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each according to their work. The Gospel of the Lord. So there's been uh, quite a change in uh, Peter in uh, just one week. In the gospel, last week, Peter was a hero. He got it right. Informed by divine wisdom, he was able to recognize Jesus for who he is, the Son of God. And Jesus, in turn, gives Peter the mandate to lead his church. But just a little while later, Peter is being rebuked 
for saying things that went counter to the will of God. Peter gets it completely wrong. And isn't that so typical, that just when we think we've got things figured out, that's when we end up getting things completely wrong and we miss the boat. When we stop listening to Jesus and start telling him what to do, things can go sideways in a hurry. Jesus was telling Peter the truth, but Peter did not want to know the truth. Because the truth is that with love, there are sacrifices. That's just the way it is. Jesus lived it so that we could live it. We will love and we will sacrifice. And often this involves suffering. By loving as Jesus loved us, we give of ourselves. If we don't give of ourselves and try to save ourselves from this pouring out, we just become full of ourselves. Life becomes all about us and no one else. And to please ourselves, we will always need to get more. We gain more of what the world can offer, but unfortunately, at the same time, we can lose our life. In other translations, the same passage goes, what does it profit a man to gain the world but to lose his soul? So what is the soul? St. Thomas Aquinas says, the soul is in the body, but not, can, but not as contained by it, but rather containing it. The soul contains the whole of who we are. Bishop Robert Barron goes on to explain that the soul is not so much one element among many, but it is the all-embracing, all-grounding reality. The soul includes the whole of our life, the whole of our life in relationship to God. The soul is what puts us in contact with God. If our soul is rightly ordered, we can become a channel of love, an instrument of peace. We can exist for the good of the other. Giving ourselves, denying ourselves, is a work that brings life, beauty, and joy. It is also a learning of the language of true love. Denying ourselves is learning the language of God so that we can communicate with Him. But it is also learning the language that allows us to communicate with each other. We will not be able to say yes to the other if we are not first able to say no to ourselves. I'll give you an example. It's three o'clock in the morning and you're sound asleep, but you wake up to the crying of a baby. What do you do? Your selfish response is, I'm going back to sleep. The baby is going to be fine. 
Your spouse will get up to take care of the baby. You need your sleep. You deserve it. Why should you get up? Why should you be the one to get up? But your heart says, get up. The baby needs you. Your spouse needs a break. So you get up, change the diaper, sing a lullaby, and get the baby back to sleep. What is it that gets you out of bed in the middle of the night? It's love. What gets us to go beyond being selfish is love. Love allows us to deny ourselves and to take action for the good of the other. That is what Jesus is talking to us about today in the gospel. When he says, deny yourself and pick up your cross, take action and follow me. Jesus is asking us to open our hearts so that we can give of ourselves to others. That is what Jesus did when he picked up his cross. He gave of himself out of love for the Father and out of love for us. He emptied himself totally for our good. Jesus wants us to follow him in doing the will of the Father. He wants us to transform and renew our minds, as Paul says in the second reading, so that we can present ourselves as holy and acceptable to God. When we follow Jesus, we're not alone. We are forming a community. We are joining others, the body of Christ, the church. Here, we receive the sacraments. We pray, we praise. We help each other in our journey and encourage one another to meet Christ in the poor and in the marginalized. In the church, we have holy men and women who have a special relationship with Christ and who serves as models to us. They help us follow Jesus. People like uh, Mother Teresa, Saint Mother Teresa, Saint John Bosco, Saint Lawrence, Saint Francis of Assisi, Saint Eugene the Mazenod, and the venerable Father McGivney, who started the Knights of Columbus. I joined the Knights 10 years ago, not really knowing what I was getting into. My pastor at the time, who was a new parish that I had been assigned to, said it would uh, be a good way to meet some of the guys in the parish. What I learned is that it's not a social club. By following the example of Father McGivney, we join together with Brother Knights and are encouraged to do acts of charity. Reaching out to the poor is not always easy. It can make us very uncomfortable. Maybe alone, we don't have the courage to do it. We might not be willing to take action. But as a group, we're strengthened and we're encouraged. I also find that this type of Catholic organization, there's a sense of belonging and companionship. We find brothers in Christ who we can count on and who can help us grow spiritually. As we follow Jesus in a community of service, we learn to deny ourselves 
and it gives us courage to pick up our crosses because we know we're not alone. At this Eucharist, we pray for the unity and growth of organizations like the CWL, St. Vincent de Paul, the Knights of Columbus, so that we can work together and help each other in our journey to follow Jesus, so that we can give of ourselves in love and we can be conformed to the will of God. Again, just like the last time that Deacon Stefan preached, I uh, wanted to, out of respect for his proclamation of the word, wait until it was finished before making our parish announcements. A couple of things to draw to your attention. First of all, as indicated last week, during this past week, we have had the wonderful and so professionally done work of restoring and making brand new looking all over again our sanctuary floor and steps. And we're very, very pleased with this. It is a wonderful testimony to the hard work of those who helped and donated to our capital campaign, among other wonderful projects, present and future. But of course, the highlight of it is the introduction into our sanctuary now of these two railings, one on either side. Very, very sturdily put in, I might add. And one of my hopes is that this may induce some persons, lectors, ministers of the Eucharist, who perhaps have felt that they had to withdraw from doing these ministries because they could no longer feel safe and comfortable going up and down stairs, that they might want to resume in due time doing so, or perhaps new persons who will engage these ministries and feel very secure coming up and down the steps. As you may be aware, one of the requirements of the pandemic situation that we are still in is that in between masses, and in particular after the Saturday evening mass, the church has to be cleaned down. It has to be wiped down with appropriate cleaning materials and the seats where people were and all this kind of thing. Mary Edmonston has informed me that we're starting to run just a little bit thin on volunteer assistance for that at this five o'clock mass. The others are fine and usually we don't need it after the 11 o'clock mass on Sunday anyways, but it's the five o'clock mass uh, where it would be good to have some more people assist with this. It's not something that takes a long time with several people doing it. It typically takes only between 10 and 15 minutes after the end of mass and um, it's not something one has to be doing every week, again, with more volunteers. It helps to spread that out. So if you think that this is something where you would be able to make a little bit of your time available for that on some Saturday evenings, according to a schedule that would be set up, please, we would ask you to contact Mary after Mass and offer those services, and I appreciate your doing that. Speaking of Mary, she's also going to be available for something else. A number of people said that they were deeply moved back on Palm Sunday weekend by what they saw in the celebration of Mass that took place in a closed church, but that was then broadcast, 
when many, many, many palms that had been fashioned into crosses were made available, at least in theory, by being solemnly blessed right on the altar. Well, every single one of those, into the hundreds of them, has now been put in its own little plastic baggie and is being made available. Mary will be at or outside the door of the church after Mass, and if you would like to have one or more of these, as many as you'd like, because we've got all kinds of them, she will be very happy to make them available to you. So again, that is available to you right after Mass. The last thing I want to mention is that Bishop Crosby has asked us throughout the diocese if we might be willing to participate in what is called a novena, nine days of prayer for the safe return to school. As anybody who's been following the news knows, that has been an extremely contentious issue uh, all over Ontario uh, in these last weeks. And we want to have a safe return. The nine-day novena officially begins on Monday and then would end on the very day that school begins, which happens to be the birthday of our Blessed Mother. You will find introductory materials and the texts of the short prayers for the Novena Days on our parish website and on the diocese's website. And as we do that, we're praying for the protection of all, the peace of all, and wisdom and courage for us all. I just want to leave you with the prayer for day one of the Novena as an example. We're praying that we be strengthened as we proclaim Christ crucified, knowing that he died for us. We look to our mother Mary, mother of the church and protector, to pray with us and for us as we head back to school this September. And the prayer for that day goes, O God, who gave us your only son so that we may have everlasting life, may we be confident in your love and mercy. May we look forward to this coming school year knowing that you are always with us. These are prayers that can be offered whether or not you have any direct involvement in our schools because we are all trying, of course, to support one another. We hope that our podcasts have been inspiring. And now, our pastor, Father Martin, offers a few closing words. Thank you for joining us. I offer a special greeting to members of our parish family unable, by sickness or other reason, to worship with us in person, and to anyone visiting our parish via these podcasts. Please share the readings and homilies with others by inviting them to our website, where they can find them all, day by day. To learn more about our parish community, please visit our website at holyrosaryburlington.com and be sure to share our site with family and friends. We do look forward to hearing from you, so please email us with your comments. And thank you for your prayers and support.